Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. And it's still, I just still can't believe the Jerry Jones said Odell before T.Y. Hilton. And now there's a story out there. Odell's jo- going to join us. There's a good chance he will with the complete goal of getting ready for a playoff game. So you can go listen to the uh, the interview on 105.3thefan.com or on the Odyssey app. And you can also check out that story right now. Bobby Belt retweeted it from USA Today. We are in the expressway. So here it is, 30 minutes of uninterrupted content. And the first thing I'll start off with is this first game isn't much of a game. The Cincinnati Reds, uh, also no, it's called Carthage. Carthage. It's Carthage. <laughs> They're winning 35-0 to zero at halftime. Is that good? I think they have the state championship wrapped up. Unless you're, is it Wimberley they're playing against? Yeah. That's bad for Wimberley, good for Carthage. And somebody did text in and said, I tried to tell Eric and Zach how good our team is. Uh, they And they were just pointing out, now you're seeing how good Carthage is, how good the coach is for that team. So there you right. go. Like, Mike, you didn't, you're really excited about the high school playoffs right now. I will now. say tonight I'm probably going to uh, be f- – Switching the game, this kind of teases our segment. I will be watching Mavs in Portland, and I will be watching South Oak Cliff. Is you have two TVs? Yeah, that is. I do, but not in the same room. Well, what is, what would Reggie do? Reggie's not married. Reggie, <laughs> he's right. I'm not married. You, would Reggie? Would you take the other TV and move it to the living room for I've tonight? I've done that before. Like you know, you know, it's They're a good time to do this wall. for. Mm-hmm. Um, March Madness. Yeah, absolutely. Just round up three, four TVs, get them in the same place. Yeah. There you go, Mike. I'm not unmounting them. Okay, all right. Mike will mount. mount. Mike will mount, but he will not unmount. Mm. So there you go. That's something we've learned. That's uh, a very weird thing to say there, Corey. Don't forget, we're giving away uh, Brian Regan tickets in the next uh, few minutes, so make sure to keep your ears open for that. Now, Mike, the, the Mavericks play against the Blazers tonight. Yeah. I'm not sure, like, where do you stand on what you can see from this game? Because I know you I, – I said this the other day, and I don't say this in a bad way, mm-hmm. and I don't want to – I don't want it to come across in a way that makes you mad. Okay. You watch the Mavericks regular season different than me. I watch it like people watch the Cowboys. Yes, absolutely. You and when I say roller coaster, you ride if they lose, that's this stinks. Yeah. If they win, this is awesome. But you're do you In a weird way, I don't think Mark Cuban appreciates me, but he should because I am watching it the way that he really wants his fans to engage the the rate if you had one million of me's you would have unbelievable ratings for the Mavericks yeah. unfortunately there's only maybe 20,000 at most of me's in the Metroplex maybe okay. only 10,000 that really watch every Maverick game and 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 enjoy watching it and would would break it down for 30 minutes to an hour after every game I mean they're they're, I think, they're I think an Cuban, average team. I think he kind of wants everybody to be just happy, right? Just watch it. Be like they're but, my favorite. I love them. No matter, I'm going to watch it all, and no matter what happens, they're great. And no matter if I spend the least amount of money in the last five years on a team, they're great. Yeah, yeah. And and I think and it, don't look into that. You and that's where where even Jerry Jones, he's just like, hey, as long as you're watching, I'm happy. You know, yeah. and and that's. That's essentially what you are, is you're watching because you love the team. You're passionate about them. Tonight's yeah. game, what does it mean to you okay. to, for, like, they need a win, man. It's a very even matchup. The Mavericks are favored in this game. If I was betting, I'd bet on the Blazers because I think it's a coin flip game. Uh, the Mavericks now, without 
without Maxi Kleba for a minimum of six weeks, which would be very optimistic that he makes it back in six weeks. I think that it's probably going to be more like eight to ten weeks, and hopefully he comes back healthy in two months or two and a half months. Have we found out if he's going to need surgery? Because that no, also is a situation where if he does need surgery, you can go ahead and chalk that thing up. No, to your point, no. It just seems like at least the Mavericks and Sham Sharania and Mark Stein, who seem to be the closest. Adrian Wojanowski does not have major insight to the Dallas Mavericks. If you've noticed, it's more Shams and Mark Stein who have the insight into the Mavericks more than, and Woj is unbelievable. He's very job. good, yeah. But they're reporting, hey, six to eight weeks, and kind of we'll see from there. But to Reggie's point, we really don't know the the exact direction they're going to take with Maxi Kleba. But it is a major injury, and here's why. Because Jason Kidd has lied to us multiple times this season. And he said, well, we have so much depth. I mean, God, we have so many big guys. What do you expect me to do with Christian Wood? Well, now that they don't play the depth and we see and we see now that they actually have no depth. I mean, it was a complete and total lie by by Jason Kidd. But I understand why he had to say that at the time, because he's trying to defend. Why don't you play Christian Wood more than 20 or 25 minutes a game? Well, now let's see, Jason Kidd, because you said we're so deep with our big guys, which we're not. And he knows we're not. He just doesn't want to play Christian Wood. It's going to be interesting now when you're going up against these teams. You do not have Maxi Kleba to play those 20 to 25 minutes that you need. And he did. Maxi Kleba does help out quite a bit with Christian Wood's defensive deficiencies. And now Christian Wood is going to be out there a lot on an island defensively. And or Nick, maybe playing with JaVale McGee, but that yeah. will also offer its yeah. its own challenges. Great, great point. And I... Here's the deal, and and I put this out on Twitter, and this is what I really want to discuss, uh, Corey and Reggie, is is there a disconnect in this organization right now? And I know they made it to the conference finals, and we gave Jason Kidd a whole bunch of credit for that, and I do think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Nico deserves credit for maybe moving Christoph Porzingis off a team that Luka didn't want him here. Uh, Porzingis didn't want to be here. And he did get Spencer Dinwiddie in the deal. And, and he has helped out this organization tremendously throughout the playoff run last year. He's very inconsistent, but helped. And he's helped out a lot this year to a, a team that's 14 and 14. Without Dinwiddie, you might only have about seven or eight wins. And I know that sounds weird, but literally you don't have another ball handler on the team. So you can't play Luka 48 minutes a night, even though they're getting damn close to that. Is I look at it and go, so you got JaVale McGee. And four games into the season, Jason Kidd said, I'm never playing you again. And then you got Christian Woods. You traded four players that you didn't really want in the 21st or 23rd overall pick. I can't remember, but it's in the 20s. You traded a first round pick for Christian Wood. And immediately, Jason Kidd in Vegas during the summer league said, JaVale McGee is going to start and Christian Wood isn't. And then reiterated that to start training camp. Christian Wood is not starting. And then you drafted Jaden Hardy, and I get, he's kind of a high school pick. He did play in the G League last year at 19 years old. But he's gone down to the G League, and he's literally the best. He's literally the best offensive player in the G League. There's no player in the G League better than Jaden Hardy through the time that he spent in the G League. And he doesn't play Jaden Hardy, even though Nico Harrison was on our station. We interviewed him, and he said, no, he's about to play. We've called him up to play. He's done everything, and we are calling him up to play basketball. And then Jason Kidd said, no, you're not. I'm not playing him a damn second in the NBA. And then Christian Wood was traded for, and you thought, gosh, after losing Jalen Brunson, this is miserable. He could be our second best offensive weapon. And Jason Kidd said, no, I don't like him at all. 
Okay, I have a. So you're asking where the kind of a disconnect is. Yeah. I want to ask you. There were discussions that at some point, Chris Young, who I will not call CY, yeah. um, was talking to Woodward after games. Hey, why did you do this? You know, like trying right. to. Hey, I want to try and see why you're doing certain right. things. I need to talk to you right now. Before you do interviews after the game, we need to have a discussion on why this game went this way. He, Nico and Jason have to be having these conversations too, right? I don't know. I think it's a great question. I think you just posed a great question. But I would wonder, as a general manager, how many mistakes did I make and who did I listen to? Good you point. don't you yeah. don't like JaVel McGee. Why did we even if and I do think Jason Kidd, people I, I love people have given me feedback on Twitter, and I do agree with this. Jason Kidd wanted JaVel McGee because he saw what JaVel McGee meant to the 2020 world champions in the LA Lakers. Well, and he saw him compete against them he was in, coaching with Phoenix him. last year, too. Yeah, and he, yes, in that seven game series, he saw what JaVel McGee could do kind of in a twelve Limited to fifteen role. minute role backing up DeAndre Ayton. And so Jason Kidd, I think, said to Nico, I want him. He's the guy I want to give me, let's just say, five points and seven rebounds in 15 minutes and be a guy who plays the first five minutes of the game, the first five minutes of the third quarter, and I'll mix him in another five minutes in this game. But now he's zero minutes. I don't think Jason Kidd wanted Christian Wood at all. And I don't know this. I, and this is where I don't know. This is yeah. why I'm asking the question. There's a major disconnect here. Because and it also seems like Jason Kidd has no time or interest for Jaden Hardy, yet Nico just said before they went to Detroit on a two-game road trip, I believe it was, if I have my facts right there, but I remember it was going into the De Detroit game. Josh Green is hurt. He's out again. And we're playing Frank Nilakina, who in two games, literally if you were to go back and watch, and I know this is what I do, and I know 99% of the people listening don't do. There are a lot of textures that say in their, their mic, too. And they also okay. said, if, awesome. they said, Corey, if there were a million mics, would they all strangle each other? And I was like, I don't know. Mike seems to but listen to himself. Oklahoma City and Cleveland. I like what you <laughs> just did there. They don't guard Neil Aquina. Literally, they tell their team, don't guard him. And they're not. He hit a three-pointer against Cleveland in the corner. And I'm sure there are some people going, that's why I like Frank Neil Aquina. It didn't matter. Cleveland didn't guard him the rest of the game. And, and they guess blew what? him out. Or yeah. Oklahoma City didn't. They, they never guard him. And so I get Neil Aquina is a better defensive player. He understands the NBA better than Jaden Hardy. There's a huge talent gap between those guys. And I don't know. Jaden Hardy might flop and fail tremendously if you play him at 20 years old in the NBA. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's Jordan Poole. Maybe he's Anthony Simon, who you're going to see again tonight for Portland. And, and that might be too much to put on a 20-year-old, and he's probably not the answer to all of these Maverick issues. But you do have a major injury right now in Josh Green, not in the rotation for his 20 to 25 minutes. And Jason Kidd has said, not only, Nico, did you call him up to play when Josh Green was here and I didn't play him, I'm not even going to play him when I have an injury to my team. That's interesting. I, I will say, though, like he does have this, and I, I, I wouldn't say the last year is a good thermometer for it, maybe, is the right word. Barometer. Barometer. But last year in the Barometer. playoffs, I mean, he that rotation was slim. Like right. You had, Seven you had Finney Smith and Bullock playing almost the entire game, right. uh, the entire way. And some of those guys are back, and they're not playing again. Literally, you know? he only played Dinwiddie and Kleba off the bench. Like yeah. Literally, those were the only two players he would play off the bench for the most part. And we, I think you expressed this a lot last year, it's because the other guys can't play. Right. I wonder if this is just a Jason Kidd thing. 
where maybe you just like, I only trust these guys, this, this group. And that could be wrong. Like that could yeah. be a very wrong approach to it from Jason Kidd. But it just seems like he has, in the one year that we've had him, and now going again with this, he only has certain guys that he trusts to be out there. I think that's a great point. And Reggie, I think you made a great point when we were discussing this segment for the show, mm -hmm. is that you need to go back and look at this. I don't know this either, but this sounds a lot like Jason Kidd in Milwaukee. His second year is what's happening here with Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to this wonky point where, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's it's readily understandable what Jason Kidd's doing. And again, I need to go back and double check it and we, you know, revisit why it was that it did not work out in the second year with Jason Kidd with the Bucks because the first year they did have success and that does mirror what he did with the Mavericks here, right? So that's another one of his coaching jobs that kind of looks the same. But then the second year, this this thing is looking a little shaky and I don't want to immediately jump up and say, well, aha, there, this is a, you know, the same thing happening, but I do wonder what made that season go wrong. So I will actually be going back and yeah. trying to figure that out. That'll be interesting to know, you know, kind of how, because obviously it seemed like everybody in Milwaukee hated Jason Kidd except for the Greek freak. Like he, he had, he had ruined the relationships with all the other players because he was so tough on them. Or I don't know if like he, he kind of kept effing with everybody's roles. And then they're like, we don't know what you want because you keep effing with us. Well, I mean, Hardaway did tell us that the other day where they're relearning roles right now. Yeah. You know, he did. He didn't mention that with us. So, you know, maybe the, even some and, of them that thought they had a specific role last year. Yeah. Maybe kid looks at it each year differently, too. Maybe he's like, I'm coming into this year and this is a new season. Last year doesn't matter anymore. This is a new year. I have to I have to find this roster and see what they are. Maybe yeah. this team is completely different from but last year in a way. But he seems to almost stick too much yeah. to last year's team. Like I don't care what Reggie Bullock does, he's going to play. I don't care what he does, he's going to. But Christian Woods, you weren't on this team, and I do think there's a little bit of this, and I've seen this with teams before that's been somewhat successful because the Mavericks weren't that successful last year, but they had a overachieving great year. So I don't want to take anything away from that. It's almost like, oh well, you know what, Christian Woods, you weren't here for our super successful team, so you don't fit in. Dwight Powell fits. We all know Dwight Powell in the if you make the real playoffs, which I don't think this team will. I, I think they're a, I think they are probably a play in team and one and done. Dwight Powell averages two points and two rebounds and just gets completely and totally destroyed. Just like that Cleveland game. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's a playoff team. And when you play playoff teams and playoff environments, Dwight Powell can't play one second in those games. He's he's totally overmatched. He's trying his hardest. He might be in the right spot. He can't get a rebound in the right spot because he's not talented enough to get a rebound. He can't score in the right spot because he's not talented enough to score in the right spot. And I'm not blaming this season on Dwight Powell. I'm not trying to blame this season on one specific. I'm not blaming it on Jason Kidd. But there seems to be a major disconnect on what they wanted to accomplish in this offseason and what they're doing. And I get Jalen Brunson's not here, and it's killing the team. And that being said, I think the Mavs have no trade assets. I don't think the more Again? I, the more I read this is two years in a row, right? But like they even had KP last year and couldn't trade trade him for much. Nobody wants although Tim I Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Nobody wants Davis Bertans. Dwight, I, I will say this: Dwight Powell is tradable only because of his contract, but nobody wants him. Now Maxi Kleba, who was kind of untradeable because he signed the extension, is also untradeable because of the major injury. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I believe, is tradable, but he can only get you so much. He's not a very valuable piece around the NBA that's going to get you something major. So you start looking, there aren't really tradable assets for the Mavs to try to get better. Your probably two most tradable assets 
are Josh Green and Jaden Hardy, and they make such little money. Remember, you have to match money for the most part in the NBA. If I trade Josh Green at $2 million and Jaden Hardy at $750,000, I can take on a $3 million player. Well, how many great players are there that are $3 million players? And if they are great, they are recently drafted, and the other team's not trying to get rid of them. So I'm wondering this. I hate saying this. I don't want it to go down this path, but I think it might be best for the Mavericks to start losing. And I'm not saying Jason Kidd to coach to lose. They're not going to do that. They're, they're going to try to win 45 games and make the real playoffs. But it might be best. If this season keeps playing out, if this team's fighting and clawing to win 41 games, maybe if they only win 30 games, it might be best for this organization because it looks like the only way you're going to get another really great player with Luka is to draft that great player. And you don't have a pick this year unless it's in the top 10. And it goes to the New York Knicks. If it's the 11th pick, it goes to the New York Knicks. But maybe, and I don't know the exact player that obviously, if you were to get lucky in the lottery and you get Wimbenwamba, and I know I say his name wrong, but. Say it, Reggie. Victor Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. Did I say it right that time? Or I got really. You got, I got it. Yeah, that I was pretty closer. good, dude. That would be the most unbelievable thing to happen to the Mavericks. Like, that's the only way you turn this into, like, oh, my God, it could be a dynasty, is if that guy, Victor, is as good as projected and Luka is as good as he's playing and they play together for the next 10 years. Then you have a little bit of, let's just go down to San Antonio. Then you have a little bit of a little bit different, but you have David Robinson and Tim Duncan. You've now created a dynasty. The Spurs weren't trying to lose that year, but injuries happened. David Robinson got hurt. Sean Elliott got hurt. And all of a sudden, they found themselves with a very bad team, and they got a generational talent in Tim Duncan to go along with a very good team. Well, if maybe you get him, uh, Scoot Henderson's interesting because I don't even know if the Mavs would draft him because he needs the ball, doesn't he? I think so. And I do think the Mavericks need somebody else who can handle the basketball, but I don't know. Nico's kind of said, I don't want any other human being who can handle the basketball. Yeah. Well, he said it's just difficult to yeah. for people to get those minutes because we have Luca. And I was like, but yeah. Luca doesn't see that that could help him too. But maybe I do think Cason Wallace is going to be a star in the league. And people might know him from Richardson High School. He's at Kentucky. He's the best defensive player in college basketball today. He is a guy that looks like he can be a star without having to have the ball in his hands all the time. He could be like that two-guard who plays unbelievable defense, can knock down shots, can get to the rim, can draw fouls, can maybe do everything off of Luka, where Scoot Henderson might not be the perfect fit with Luka, which then goes into Luka. You should be able to play with a guy that great. I have three thoughts, Mike. So I'm I'm towards, I hate saying this, they're 28 games in. I'm not rooting for them to lose tonight. Don't get me wrong. But maybe the best thing for this Maverick team, which will be very tough, if not impossible to do if Lucas stays healthy, is go 32 and 50 this yeah, year. Yeah, if Lucas stays healthy, that's the, that's the thing that, that keeps that from happening for sure. Three thoughts. Number three, uh, this came from a fan texter. Okay. Imagine all the moths if there were a million mics. That's a very good point mm. because Mike, we'll have to get a moth update next week as well. Number two. I just saw Mark Cuban say, hey, if the casino, if uh, gambling is legal here, I want a casino and a resort next to our new state arena. Does that frustrate you that he's focused, his mind's there as no, opposed to, because that's who he is. It's, it, it is weird that Mark Cuban has been such a small spender. Now, there is a major article on this. There's been multiple. If we just take, hey, five years, he's the least spending uh, owner in the NBA. Mark Cuban can really destroy us on that argument. Here's where he really messed up. 
is when they traded for Porzingis and they immediately sent uh, Harrison Barnes away for nothing. The art, I, I don't, this is where you got to know the CBA and stuff. And I didn't know this at the time. You could have kept everything and re signed because he is now your property, Porzingis to the max contract. That takes them into luxury tax. Mark Cuban said, I do not want to do that. I want to stay below that number. And from that point, they have paid the least amount of money in the NBA to NBA players. So he has worked very hard to not pay the players. And if you look at it, you're like, Mark, I thought you were the big spender. I thought winning meant everything. He pays stars. He pays his star. He only wants – I do think he'll pay a lot of money. And believe me, there's an agency out there that believes this. Yeah. That if you get the Greek freak and you get John Morant along with Luka Doncic, you've created a dynasty that would win probably three to five titles. And Mark will pay a lot of money for that. But if you're asking him to go into luxury tax for – Jalen Brunson if you're asking him to go into luxury tax for kind of nice players that probably won't help you win it all but just keep you at a 50 to 55 win team and give you a 15 percent chance of winning the championship he won't do it he's going to stay under the luxury tax and then and there's owner there's also real quick on that I know you're going to get to number three is they pretty much believe he's going to let Christian Wood walk and he is going to then sign Dwight Powell to a very small contract, which he's not going to get much interest, so he can get right below that tax again. 